Welcome back to the Rise Again from the Struggle podcast. I recently got the opportunity to sit down with fellow heroic ambassador and coach Dan Kimball, and we had a great conversation about some struggles and some mental skills he used to overcome some struggles he was having in his, his martial arts path. And I took so many notes because this was such a great conversation. So I really hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. So let's just get to it. All right, everybody, we're here with uh, Dan Kimball, and he's going to, uh, he's a counselor, right? Is that what you said? Yes, sir. Yeah, he's a counselor. So I'll, I'll introduce myself. All right, you go so ahead. I'm a licensed professional coach, or I'm sorry, <laughs> licensed professional counselor and certified heroic coach from the heroic platform. Nice. And, and I've been practicing each other. What's that? And that's where we met each other through heroic. Yes. And I've been practicing in clinical um, work for 20 years and as a coach for about five. Okay, nice. Yeah. And what do you, maybe, maybe you don't want to answer this, which one do you like better? <laughs> so truthfully, I like coaching better because um, the model is to work on what is strong in a person and not what is wrong. That's a positive psychology statement, but that's also a fit to coaching. So clinical work takes a person who is really struggling with something and helps them to get to baseline. But coaching moves it from baseline to performance, right? to your best, most optimal self, ideal. Yeah, I really like that distinction actually, because the way I kind of talk about with people is when I'm like helping them like, I'm not a therapist as a coach, but it is kind of therapeutic, right? Like it's yeah, totally. I'm not here to, to help you if you have like extreme anxiety problems, but you know, working on these, these concepts might also help deal with some of the anxiety. <laughs> Sorry, my phone is going crazy. That's okay. Um, okay, so you said that one of the things that we wanted to kind of talk about is how you set up your AM bookends while you're going through your uh, uh, martial arts training to kind of work up towards your black belt and stuff. So mm -hmm. let's kind of dive into that. Like, what was wrong with your AM bookend in the first place? Like that that you realized that you needed to fix it. Yeah. So. Um... A little backstory of uh, uh, the situation. So I was uh, working on a, a Kung Fu, you know, Shaolin, Southern style Kung Fu uh, black belt for adults, which is a pretty rigorous um, uh, class, right? Yeah. Uh, so for children, they give them kind of a break, <laughs> right? Children kind of get a pass, right, you know, to get to black belt and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. adults, no. Yeah, and so yeah. they want you to have um, competency at the different levels. And at the time, I was a, a, a gold belt, as they call it. So there's white, gold, purple, and black in, in the system that I was doing at a program called Nine Dragons uh, Martial Arts in Phoenix. And uh, uh, so I wasn't progressing and I was a gold belt for months. And I was like, man, 
I want to improve, right? I want to, I don't want to just do this forever or just quit, right? Yeah. And so um, I was thinking to myself, well, I need to do something. And I had a kind of a wake up call to myself. You know, there's a saying in heroic that you think you're an eight, but you're really a two. Right. That really stuck with me when I heard that, because when I looked at it, I wasn't giving it the effort that a black belt would give. Right. I wasn't performing to that level. And so I simply looked at my AM routine, which was when I worked out and I could see I was really a two. Right. Sometimes I would do it and half the time I didn't know the katas or the kicks and stuff or the forms that I needed to do. And so I was kind of just treading water, right? Yeah. And I really wanted to not only improve, but um, create some more discipline for myself. And so at the time, uh, Heroic was talking about a couple really important concepts uh, from authors. One was James Clear atomic habits and that's simply how do you create a habit and the other was um todd herman alter ego and uh, that book got me started um because todd talks about creating an identity right and so the identity i needed to create was i'm a black belt and as soon as i compared my behavior to the concept or the identity of a black belt, it became crystal clear that I was not training like a black belt. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so uh, I was like, well, what does that person do? What is that identity? And James Clear also talks about identity. And he calls it repeated beings that whatever you have done up into this point is your identity. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. And so the whole point of it is create habits that create the identity that you want. Yeah. So then I looked at my AM bookend, as it's called. So we have AM and PM, right, of the things that you can control the most. In the middle is everything that hijacks your day. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, in the morning is generally a time that you don't get interruptions unless you're on the phone or something. And PM also doesn't get too many interruptions. It's kind yeah. of three times. Yeah, and PM counts twice. Yeah, it does. Right there, right? Yeah. And here's why. Uh, there's another book. Uh, I don't, or I'm sorry, I don't know the book, but I do know the author, Teresa Amabile. I know she's famous for her work on how to um, get your, your structure going, your organization. And so she talks about um, plan tomorrow today, right? So the PM yeah. matters the most, even more than the AM. And here's how you do it is in the PM, you simply plan out what are you going to do in the morning? And going along with James Clear's idea, you need to create cues and triggers. And so my cue for the morning was I would I made a little box that had all my workout equipment, stretch bands, uh, some rings and stuff and 
my hacky sack and my water bottle, everything, right, that I would take out in the backyard to train, right? And so I set it by the back door as a prompt to help me in the morning. And this does a couple things. It cues you that you're planning to do that. Yeah. And it also offloaded a lot of friction of, I would normally wake up in the morning and try and find all these things, you know, my, my headphones and my water bottle and my stretch band and my blanket that I would stretch on and stuff. Man, <laughs> by the time I found all that, I'd wasted 30 or 40 minutes and I would be, yeah not in the mood to do it. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that's important to note right there. It's like you said, because well, we talked about you were setting up your AM bookend, but really we're focusing more right now on the PM bookend and the fact, because I do the same thing, like for the next day, when I have the least amount of willpower left, I just go, hey, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and set up. I'll put my stuff here so I know where it is because in the morning I'm you know, may have more things going on. So, so what you're saying is you gathered all your stuff the night before, put it in one spot. So the next day you don't have an excuse to go, well, I couldn't find it. So therefore right. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I found by just simply, um, experimenting, this didn't happen overnight. Of course, it took me probably a couple months to figure it all out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, all the friction, man, like, Oh, I don't have any coffee. Oh, I don't have a smoothie. Oh, you know, I would always be complaining in the morning. And I systemically just removed those by using the PM time yeah. to sometimes I would actually make the coffee and have it ready. Yeah. But the other part is simply going to bed, planning to get up in the morning. This is so underestimated. Yeah. But we often are watching Netflix and thinking, oh, one more show forgetting that you're robbing tomorrow yeah and so uh, once i got that going then i simply started working on habit stacking and james clear talks about this and i love his book title so if you make a habit out of a habit right <laughs> if you can simply know how to make a habit and you do it so much that it becomes a habit yeah. You have an atomic habit. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And so, you know, today I feel confident to say I have an atomic habit because I can apply the system to anything because I've done it a lot. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's really empowering to have uh, awareness of how do I create a habit? And so what I did was I started scaffolding my habits in the morning. So I would get up at a certain time, get my coffee and my smoothie. I loved to smoothie back then. And uh, uh, I would go out to the backyard and do my stretching. That was the starting point is it's important to stretch for Kung Fu because there's this was Northern Shaolin Kung Fu. Lots of kicking and stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you want to stretch out. And so uh, that was the start. And then I simply kept adding and adding and adding. And after a while, I started wondering, well, how far can this go? Yeah. 
as, as much time as you have in the morning. Yeah. Did you, so on days that you had like meetings or something, you had something, you kind of cut that short. How did you plan for that to kind of find ways to do, to, I guess, reorient your workout to get the biggest bang for your buck while still preparing for that? Yeah, so there's always things that come up. Yeah. Thankfully, I would get up at 4.30 in the morning, so hardly anything came up. Yeah, that helps. Yes, and, uh, you know, I'm real disciplined about not checking email. I'm always amazed. As soon as you open email, you've kissed away an hour. Yeah, uh, for sure. Just, like, literally, like, before this call, I was telling you about my horrible email problem here. Like... (laughs) You know, that's going to eat up a lot of time, and it's really important, but is it more important than my protocol? No. Yeah. You know, and so by not going to those kind of um, distractions and, uh, you know, starting in the morning, that's all to me. And, of course, things would come up. You know, sometimes my wife would need me or my daughter would need me. And so you simply work that in as, um, uh, you know, humanity, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're all not robots, right? Yeah. So you simply try and, you know, do your best the next time, right? And one protocol is another um, uh, strategy I get from the heroic. Uh, I believe it was um, some of the SEAL training. I don't remember which SEAL it is, but... Brian interviews a lot of people in the military, and uh, it was um, uh, the the idea of what went well, what needs work, yeah, right, yeah. and what are you going to do about it next time? That works really well. So, for instance, you know, if I got up and I was checking email instead of going outside, well, <laughs> what went well is I got up right on time what needs work is oh i didn't go and do the thing i was going to do i simply changed that yeah that yeah. needs work and so what will i do next time this is a if then if i start to to touch the email then i will you know look at my list of things that are most important not that yeah yeah, I think it's important there too is just remember as you're building the habits to not, I'm sure this is what you did. You, you didn't beat yourself up for failing one time. It's like, no, I committed to it. I failed, yes. But like I said, I just go through this process. Oh, how am I going to fix this for next time? There's always tomorrow. I'm going to start over tomorrow. That's okay. You know, it's kind of not, not, not beating yourself up because you failed this one time. Yeah. No. And then in the, so it's one thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? Common humanity, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. So one thing at the time, because uh, I was going through the heroic program at the time, we had the daily check-in or checklist, right? Yeah. And uh, so it had, uh, you know, your energy, love, uh, energy, work, and love categories, and then um, AM and PM bookends on it. And so... One thing I added to my PM was the gratitude and uh, checking in on that, right, of a place to write down how is it going. 
And that helped me a lot to see that, yeah, I'm still making progress, even though there's sometimes I, I am missing, you know, as I'm not yeah. a robot. So, yeah. yeah. So as you're making progress on this, on your uh, belt, then you said, uh, I think we talked about you, you started taking them to a next level. So you kind of were plateaued for a minute, realized that maybe you weren't taking it as serious as you thought you were, and then changed your some habits. So how did that then translate to the dojo? Is that what they call it in Kung Fu, dojo? Yeah, that's a good term for it. Yeah, but that works, yeah. It's like a dojo. Yeah. I've heard it called Quan, you know, and, you know, the practice room, all sorts of things. Yeah. But yes, the, they call it an academy at, at okay. Nine Dragons Kung Fu, right? But um, yeah, so I start uh, practicing at home consistently yeah what do you know it showed in all of my behavior right there so i knew the different forms uh, and we had to memorize the names of each of them they called them poetry because the translation from chinese to to uh, uh english sounds like poetry <laughs> right so you know they have really interesting names like uh you know um beauty looks in the mirror right and stuff like that as an as a name for the hand position so you know the palm is facing you like you're holding a mirror that's beauty uh, looks in the mirror. and so you know it kind of sounds dorky and yet when you say it's like poetry then it sounds kind of cool yeah <laughs> anyway they had all of this content that we had to memorize and then you know learn kinetically and uh there's no other way, right? With with sports, you've got to practice the move, yeah. whatever it is. And so um, I started um, doing very well in the class and then um, immediately saw that I was going to improve. And sure enough, I started going through in gold belt, they had um, two stripes right so two two degrees of gold belt and then into purple belt they have three degrees okay. so you can stripe basically when you complete yeah. and so i started passing these right which was great and unfortunately um at, in order to go on to black belt uh with their system you have to have uh, peers who will join with you because you have to spar against somebody, right? Yeah. And uh, so I, I started leveling up in the in the belts, and then my peers were not. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so because everybody was an adult, everybody was working, and you know couldn't quite commit to the time and all of that, yeah. and so they were kind of treading water just like I was. And they didn't have a system the way I did. And so they're just kind of floundering still. Yeah. And as much as I would try and help them in my own way, um, you know, it's up to them. I mean, they had to train at home too, and they just weren't doing that. Yeah. So I think that's important too. It's like sometimes we want to help other people. It's like, well, like you said, like I can give you tips and advice, but ultimately you have to commit to it and put it in practice, you know? Yes. Yeah. Well, and one thing I love about the heroic program is um, the accountability yeah. is, 
anybody can say, oh yeah, all these you know ideas about how to improve, but uh, they hold you accountable. And right now, even that app holds you accountable. Yeah. Like you see all your your target goals for the day, and it it's either you did it or you didn't. And you know, you know, yeah. what are you gonna do? Why? You know, it's just wasting your own time. So it does hold you accountable. Yeah, I love that. So while you're going through this process, then what was like the the biggest hurdle that you that you came up against, or the biggest obstacle that kind of gave you the most pushback that you struggled overcoming the most? Yeah, it was myself really of thinking I was doing um, uh, enough to compete at this level, and I was just fooling myself that thinking like any old person could fall into being a black belt right as if so yes kids can because they don't hold them to the same level or standards that they were holding adults to yeah you know and and my daughter had gone through some uh martial arts herself and that's partly why i got into it because it was really fun right and, you know, when she was a kid, it was like just kind of fun. It was like playing. And then when I decided to take it more seriously as an adult, well, what do you know? It's like uh, I was kind of pretending that I could do that. You really have to um, uh, commit to it strongly. Yeah. And I think it was Lanny Bassum. Bassum. Yeah about um, really taking it seriously. And when you put your name on the board, as he would call it, right? You see that, oh yeah, this is a commitment and I should really, really, really try for it. Yeah. So my biggest obstacle is simply how I was framing it, like thinking it was gonna be easy, it was not. And if yeah. it was easy, then why get a black belt, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, that's actually a good one too, because I think for me with a lot of things too, it is frequently myself that I'm like butting up against thinking I'm like, well, I should, people should just know this or should see this or whatever. So you kind of like almost get in that phase where you're just like, I'm doing everything I can. But like you said, because I think I'm an eight, but then I look, when I really look at it, I go, actually, yeah, there's a lot more I could do here. <laughs> exactly yeah, there's a lot of way, different ways i can carry myself my posture the way i talk the way i show up you know like when i show up you know all those different like concepts like you said putting in the work do i even take the time to practice at home like when would i tell somebody else like hey you, you expect to, to advance in this but you're not willing to put in extra work like you know i because i have <laughs> funny i just have the same struggle with my own kids it's like they want to talk about, you know, their sports or whatever, and, you know, how good or bad they're doing. And then they'll say something of like, well, how much work do you do outside of practice? Well, it's like, no, it's like, well, why are, why are you expecting them to, <laughs> to get to that level? Like you have to, if, if you're going to advance to that elite level that you're talking about, then you have to take it outside of the required practice time, you know? Yeah. So I think that's, that's hard to, to, for a lot of people oh. to like really, understand because i think a lot of people have the this concept of balance and it's like well you know I, I 
don't know if you've uh, heard the, the philosopher's note on or read the book. I think it's a champion's mind with Dr. Rob Rotella. Don't know that one. No. Yeah, he, um, a Bob, Bob Rotella, Bob Rotella. He talked about that and how there's really no balance. Like the elite of the elite put more effort into that. And the reason they're able to, I think one of the Christians, uh, was a Jack Nicholas, I think it was, was talked about it. He's like, the only reason I was able to get to the level in golf that I was able to get to is because my wife took care of everything at home and allowed me to do it. So that was their balance. She took care of the home. He took care of the, the job, I guess, so to speak. And then they kind of met in the middle for the rest of it. So it's like that idea of balance. It's like, well, it's not 50-50. Right. So. And the thing that I found for myself was um, once you decide to give a bigger effort and quit kind of arguing with yourself, yeah. you, you get more energy because you're no longer, well, maybe I'll, You know, then you just don't, you know, like, oh. yeah. <laughs> right. And so once you kind of free yourself from arguing with yourself, uh, man, the energy comes forward. Then yeah. it's not nearly as hard as you thought. Yeah, I, I felt that myself. There's a lot of times where it's like, you, you really think, oh, this is going to be so hard. So you put it off and you put it off and you put it off. And then all of a sudden you're just like, I can't keep putting it off. Like somebody's yeah. making me accountable, like I said, in the road or something. And it's like, and then you do it and you're like, man, that really wasn't as, as hard as I thought it was going to be. I right. waited more time thinking about it than I did doing it. <laughs> yeah. So in my practice, um, this is a thing I worked on a lot is the ambivalence of um, deciding to go for your goal or to work on a problem, right? People often are kind of wanting to change and kind of resisting. And so you have uh, what Brian describes perfectly, the etymology of ambivalence, uh, strength on both sides, ambivalence, yeah. two, two sides that have strength. And so they're basically countering each other, right? And wasting a lot of energy fighting each other, really. Yeah. And so, the next uh, etymology is decide, which means uh, its Latin root is dicere, to cut. Yeah. And what are you cutting off? One of these choices. Yeah. So either, yeah, you're all in, or you should go do something else. But don't stand there and waste your energy and argue with yourself. Yeah. And... And I think the important part there is to argue with yourself because that's ultimately what you're doing is you're, yeah. it's, it's an internal argument. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this is so common that we have a goal and, you, you know, like um, you think, oh, I'm going to um, get, you know, um, a new job or something like this, right? You know, you imagine that you could be an you know, in this new position, and you're thinking about it, but you're ambivalent, you know, because it's a lot of work, you're not sure if you're qualified or something like this. And yeah. so you said, you're the only one arguing, you know, with yourself. And so once you decide, yes, I'm going for it, even if you don't qualify, that doesn't matter. 
because yeah. you could simply learn how to qualify and become qualified. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think that's the important part, right? And this is kind of how that fits back in. Is like, yeah, you thought you were qualified initially for some belt that you mm -hmm. weren't qualified for. And Correct. then you finally looked at yourself in the in an honest mirror, not just the you know yeah. the, the 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 shadowed mirror of what I want. It's like, yeah. oh, what am I doing though? And you saw that your identity was really less than, and it's like, okay, well, I got to change my identity. If I were to be that, how what would my actions need to look like? And then you started acting that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think to me that's how it kind of ties it back in. It's like you just, yeah. you know almost pretend at first, not necessarily pretend, but realize what you want and then go, well, what did that, what would that person be? Like, how would they show up every day? So. Yeah. And in the book, um, Alter Ego, uh, Todd talks about this, that he needed to sell his book and he wasn't very good at sales. <laughs> and so he created an alter ego. I think he called him Richard, super Richard. And, uh, <laughs> Super Richard was damn good at selling and closing. Yeah. And of course, Todd didn't, this wasn't Todd. And so he figured out a way of becoming that persona. And it's worth the read for that book, for sure, of yeah. how do you do that? And he talks about Kobe Bryant having this strategy and a bunch of famous people yeah. of who am I on the court, right? Yeah. And I guess uh, I didn't follow sports at the time uh, when Kobe was playing, but I guess he was the Black Mamba. From yeah. What I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this this fearless character. And then off the court, he's just a dad and, you know, kind yeah. of cool. Stuff, right? Yeah. No, good. I appreciate your time. Um, is there anything like if a final message if you wanted to kind of sell that message like what would you say is like a final message to to take away yeah so um if you have a something that you're thinking about but are ambivalent try and resolve that part by deciding and simply set it as yes i'm going to do that and then embody that identity and start acting as that person and it's not like you'll just become that person but through the habit, your repeated beingness will then make that person. I like it. That's a good way to sum that up. <laughs> I've thought a lot about this. <laughs> yeah, no, I like, it. I like it. So do you have any place people can go and follow you or you have anything you put post online or? Yeah, so I do have a, a counseling and coaching website and it's under the name Path for change four is a number in the middle and it's pathforchange.com okay and then and i have a a video there i have a few things online i have my own um model that i use for um for using the 24 character strengths that maybe next time we'll talk about is uh how to use positive psychology's character strengths to um totally crush it that's a whole nother thing but it's uh if you're curious about it check it out on my website or on youtube i'm on youtube as well i have uh, some fun videos explaining it there okay good and is that linked to your path for change website 
So if you go to YouTube and you just type in the same thing, Path for Change, you'd okay. find more. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Yeah. We'll link those in the show notes when, uh, when I post this too. So. Well, thanks for spending the time, Kevin, and working all through this with me. That's good. Yeah, I appreciate your time. Yeah. All right. I'm going to hit stop real quick and then we'll talk, finish up real fast. All right. All right. All right.